Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. As always, we very much appreciate you listening. We appreciate you just as much, maybe a bit more. If you can share the podcast, numbers are coming up, but please help us keep them up. Um, I think pretty much this podcast, it would be safe to say, is specific to the Big Ten Media Day's reaction to what we saw and heard. Yeah. Okay. Um, Speaking of media coverage, uh, before we get going here, I sent a question to a different podcast. And basically my question was, uh, is the insaneness towards college football and – Who's the best at this, and who's the school that's going to surprise the most? Public? Is it off the charts from any from anything that you've ever seen before? Yeah, it's it just reeks of desperation. <laughs> like everyone just cannot wait for the season to start, and they are just out of things to talk about. At this they're point. they're literally like coming up, like I have seen. It's like they ask the same question; they just word it differently. Yeah, maybe they oh, won't sure. notice that this has already been asked a week ago. Right, it's like these accounts that want want to keep you know generating followers. They got to tweet something, yep. and they're totally spent. They have nothing else to tweet. My uh, favorite one, and by favorite, I mean I I find it the most peculiar is, what's your most painful memory as a college football fan? I'm like, I don't want to share that. I, I don't. <laughs> I, don't I have too many to share to start, but. It's just to pick one, so that's one where the repetition I could I could get, I could go on all day. Yeah, but anyways, but I'm so who's DBU. I'm so glad who's, I know. That's that's what I'm really thankful. I'm glad I know who DBU is now. Well, we don't know who DBU. No, is, we don't. But we've seen the same question yeah. asked and answered five hundred times. Okay, so uh, we've got some bullet points we're going to work through. Um, you kind of want to take over here, and we'll we'll just kind of work our way through the page here. Sure. So as we discussed on the last podcast, we had an invite to Big Ten Football Media Days. We couldn't go. Yep. That was my fault. I had a prior engagement. But I, I got to thinking, what, you know, looking at the agenda, because we kept getting these updates yeah. for the Big Ten the whole yep. week, you yep. know, and even during, the, during yep. the, the media days. What would I want to do most? And the thing I would want to do most is ask a question sure. of one of the coaches and yes. get called on. Especially khaki pants, but any coach, but mostly khaki pants. So if you rank the coaches that you would have got a question asked to, khaki pants would have been number one? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I understand. I've, I've I've got a fascination with him now at this point, whereas I used to, I could not stand him when he first came to the Big Ten. Yeah. And now I've totally flipped. And it's not even that I like him necessarily. I'm just fascinated by him. That is the best way to describe yeah. it to me. Um. I completely understand. It's hard to explain this to anybody, but if I am an Ohio State fan, if I am a Michigan State fan, you obviously, in that case, are looking for reasons to hate the Michigan coach. Doesn't matter who he is, right? Sure. One of us could get hired as a Michigan coach. Everybody in East Lansing and and the state of Ohio would hate us that day. Yep. He makes it easy for the people in East Lansing and Ohio to hate him. I oh, I one hundred percent recognize that. With that being said, I just don't personally find him aggravating. It's like watching a cartoon character. And, and, and one of the funniest things, watching through all the, not all, but as much as I could get through the Big Ten network media coverage. Mm-hmm. So they do the, you know, they do the sit down with the three players. Yep. With with the crew. Yeah. And then they sit down with the coaches. That's my yep. favorite thing to watch out of okay. all of them. And I, I like watching. And he's, when he sat down, he had a hat head. <laughs> and he didn't care. That, that's but, the but it, what makes it funny is he has hat head because he's got a suit on. All the coaches take the picture in right. their nice suits, and he's got he's the, got the Michigan hat up. Yeah. the silliest thing in the world. So me. I kept reading. I didn't get to see any of this live. Had to, Everything I watched was after the fact. And I kept reading tweets how he was less awkward than normal. And he really was, I thought, like just from a, a speaking perspective, answering questions. Yeah. But he was chewing gum the whole time, which <laughs> someone's got to say, come on, Jim, take the gum out of your mouth, buddy. <laughs> But I think I, I do agree with you that maybe there is some sort of concerted effort. Somebody inside the Michigan camp yes. has got to him. I and said. So. But because he has messed up his own bed to begin with the previous two, three years. And I mean that by, you know, the jumping into the pools, the weirdness, the, you Climbing know, the, the tree, stuff, yeah, stuff that he's talked yeah. about. 
even when he tries to kind of be in the straight and narrow, it's it still causes waves. Yeah, um, I wonder if he's still like he has to play the shtick a little bit still. Yeah, you can't completely. You go can't away go. From it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, that would be my my first thing I'd like to do. The kickoff luncheon sounded awesome. Yeah. The uh, media breakfast hosted by Fox Sports sounded pretty cool. Um, of course, I'd want to interview like. So there's like the breakout sessions where you get to interview, I mean, really anybody, whether it be a coach, whether it be a player, that would be great. I mean, there's got to be players walking around all the time that aren't getting interviewed, right? Yep, yep. So you could you could certainly get interviews. But then like staying at the hotel and just having a beer and maybe Bruce Feldman sitting next to you. For sure. Hey, Bruce, how's it going? What are you yeah. drinking there, buddy? Yeah. Buy, buy your own. And just, yeah, buy around, just BS with them. Yeah. That would be great. Rub elbows. I pictured that every time they had an interview on set, and it's just people walking around right. in the back. I, I guess they didn't, weren't even aware that they were recording and they were on TV. There's sure. people just sitting on the chair, unpacking their bag, looking for stuff. I'm like, that could have been Big Kurt and I. It, and it will be next year. It will be next year. I My idea is that I'm going to ask the same question to all 14 coaches. Oh, so you're going to be Bob Osmussen from the Champagne News Gazette. Gazette. Did you see that? Why? No. He kept asking the same question to everybody, oh, and so it was, talk- it wasn't a great question. Okay. Um, here, let's let's might as well jump to this right now. Okay. Uh, so Bob Osmussen, Champagne News Gazette. He's been there for like 30 years. Okay. He's an interesting cat. Okay. I'll just say that. And he kept asking, "The Big Ten is missing the playoff. Why? What's the problem?" Or something like that. It was this really short answer, and then you just sit down, and Khaki pants, he was just like awkward. And then um, he said something like, well, that's for you guys to do your research. Okay. He's like, just basically move on. But he kept asking every coach, same question. Yeah. Mine wouldn't be that. It would be something of a positive spin because I feel like these guys get inundated with negativity and trying to get caught saying something. And the trick is, I mean, and not trick. This is just a conundrum they're in they are either going to be labeled as boring that doesn't say anything. We'll get to that. Or they say something and they get torn shreds by, at the very least, all 13 other fan bases right. for it or whatever. That has got to be the reason why almost across these board, these coaches have of course. zero interest in going to these things. Yeah. I mean, there's no you, there's no winning, right? No. You, you can only lose. No. All right. Yeah. So, um, any other notes about the Big Ten media days, like the what you? No, want? other than just the fact that I kept picturing myself there. Oh, me too. And I felt like because of that, I was more into the coverage of Big Ten media days. Oh yeah, yeah, it'll happen. It'll happen. Yep. One year from now. Yep. All right. Let's maybe move on. Um, well, here's a big announcement. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Uh, the Big Ten to go uh, app streaming service is no more. No more. As of August 2019, it's dead, and I'm going to be dancing on its grave. That is, it was an it awful... never seemed to do what it was supposed to do. I don't know how else to say it. And as an Illinois fan, I had to watch a lot of games on that stupid app, and it was awful. I and, and so what's going to happen now is it's going to move to the Fox Sports app and FoxSportsGo.com. I kind of liken this to the Illinois defense, okay? It can't get worse, so it has to get better, right? Even if it's bad. Let's just, let's just line up. Let's just make sure we're <laughs> right. lined up correctly. Okay, you're in the right spot. You're in the right spot. That I mean, it, it was so bad. How many games do you estimate you watched on that stupid service? I would estimate one and a half. Wow. It's either one or two because it's, I think I it's tried one or two it, too many. I, <laughs> I tried hard the first time. Thought maybe I was doing something. Oh, of course. You know, yeah, so well, I, I think tried it. So I tried wrong. it a second time, and then I realized, no, I'm not doing anything wrong. No. This is just the other thing that always drove me nuts is you couldn't search for anything. No, like it's difficult. It, yes. Just, just to, like, no, I'm looking for an interview. I saw it on. No, you know, the no, big, you can't do that. Go, no, gone. Just <laughs> that. That was the weirdest thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on. But a little... do do you believe it will be improved? Well, I don't see how it couldn't be. I mean, Fox Sports, it's its a reputable company. It's yeah. something that's been around a while. Do you have experience with the Fox Sports? I don't okay. specifically. Right. Not that I can so remember. We'll but we're going to move from again, somewhere around 129th to defense to like 60th, we're hoping. Oh, gosh. 60th would be fantastic. <laughs> that's a bowl game, baby. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. Moving on. This one's interesting. Ohio State 
getting slapped with some sanctions by the NCAA. Yeah. The football program self-reported 16 violations. Most most of them are minor. Impermissible text calls, tweets, the using promotion of like using a recruit's image or likeness, which is kind of a big no-no. That that's not exactly small. Uh, financial aid overage. Not exactly sure what that means. Doesn't sound minor though. Uh, missed a deadline for a Big Ten tender, whatever that means, and exceeding scholarship limit, which I think was just kind of a, like a, I don't know, kind of a clerical error more than anything, where they were over for a certain amount of days or something. But then uh, an assistant was recruiting pri- prior to passing the recruiting exam. There's an NC2A recruiting exam. You have to, and it's apparently it's pretty rigorous. Like you yeah. have to study for it. To, that's a big no-no, actually. Okay. And these are all things that, Everyone at Ohio State should know better. Or as they call it in the SEC, a Tuesday. This is a Tuesday in the SEC. And, well, the Ohio State University is kind of the Big Ten's SEC program, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah, and a little bit. Khaki pants, I think, maybe. He had eluded to he this. He might have, yeah, prior to the Big this Ten media. And then right at the media days, again. Correct. And at the media days, that was one of the things that he said he acknowledged Urban Myers, and I'm sure he got a question about it. I don't exactly know what brought the conversation to that point, to, you know, up to there. But he alluded to the success that that Urban Meyer had, but yep. then quickly said, "But he leaves a uh, a lot of turmoil with wherever he yeah. leaves." Maybe he had a little bit of insider information that some of this stuff was either going on or coming out, and Maybe. that's exactly how it went down. So the part that was really interesting to me is the NCAA intervened at some point because they knew this was going on. Um, they actually uh, they they told Ohio State that they had to stop recruiting Micah Parsons, the linebacker yeah. who's now at Penn State, yeah. which was weird. And I guess it's because he appeared on game day. And I'm assuming that was in Columbus, game game day in Columbus, maybe on, on a yeah. visit. So they basically said, you can't recruit this kid anymore, which I'd never heard of before. But That's crazy. I would think, by and large, you just don't put recruits on a national TV. Like, Again, you just stay away. You need to know better. You That's a huge no-no in recruiting. Yeah. yeah. You can't like use their likeness and promote them as their recruit. They have to be actually a member of the roster. There's, like, there's, you can't even talk about a kid until they're on your roster, you know, or enro- enrolled in school. It's kind of the same thing. There's pushing the envelope, then there's poking a hole right through that envelope. Yeah, so that one was interesting. And But in the end... They may not recover from this. One scholarship <laughs> reduction <laughs> for one year. So that, that third-string guard that they would normally have, who's yep. a, a true freshman, you know, it, he's not going to be there to help them when they need him. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> shame on you, Ohio State. You'll never do that again. All right, moving on. This, I think, will kick us into kind of the the discussions about each uh, head coach at, at Media Days. Okay. There was an awesome tweet. Yep. I know you saw this. Yep. Is from Dustin Schutte, who's who is he's Saturday tradition, yep. basically, on yes. Twitter, right? Yep. And it's pronounced Schutte, so I'm going to open my phone and read the tweet for you. And Dustin's a good follow on Twitter. If you are a Big Ten football fan, which we would assume you would be if you listen to this podcast, uh, Saturday Tradition's good, and then just some of the stuff he puts out on Twitter himself, very good. Yeah, he's a, he's a great follow, and we're actually hoping to have him as a guest on one of the yep. upcoming podcasts. We've been talking about that. Hopefully we can make that happen. But he says, forgot to do this at hashtag Big Ten Media Days, so I'll do it now. My power rankings for Big Ten coaches who bring the fire to the podium. Number one, Tom Allen. Number two, P.J. Fleck. Number three, Pat Fitzgerald. Four through thirteen. Order those ten coaches however you want. I don't care. Fourteen. <laughs> Paul Chris. <laughs> okay. Now, this I did all my notes before I read that tweet. Yeah. I literally in my notes right now in front of me have under Paul Chris. I have one word. The word is nothing, because nothing happened. Well, I I know. He, and he I was just asked, like nodding I mean, off. I couldn't pay attention. Yeah. Um. It's funny because as a, as an Iowa fan, Kirk Ferentz gets made fun of for sure. the dryness, and I'm not denying that at all. Oh, there's I, a lot of dry coaches. I mean, right? Because Antonio, Lovey Smith, you go on. And I think for the most part, a Frost. Another it was one. actually funny. One of the things Kirk Ferentz said was, 
you know, I've been here so long. I feel like I've just earned a pass where I could just skip one of these and not go. Sure. I think that if that's not throwing it out there for how little you want to show up at those, I don't know what is. Uh, but I think for the most part, all the coaches kind of go under the same thing. Like we just said, they just don't want to be there. They don't want to say something that's going to ignite a rival for, for something that they say you know, make headlines. They, they want it to be about their, the team and the, and the players. So what's the point of saying anything? Uh, but then there's some guys that just can't help being who they are, which is the four guys at the top of the list. I guess I was actually kind of surprised to see Tom Allen over top of PJ Fleck. That's, that's, that's an upset right there. Yeah. Well, PJ it's, I don't know. Maybe he was coming down with something. He only, it was his opening statement was like, I don't know, three, short, four minutes? Quick. Like, I couldn't yeah. believe how short it was. Maybe also part, you know, just like we talked about with uh, handlers or somebody inside the circle for Harbaugh. Yeah. Maybe the same thing's going on with PJ where they're saying, you know, you've already got the image out there. You can probably go ahead and tone it down sure. a little bit. You know, if, if you can say something in 700 words instead of yeah. 2,100 or 21,000, <laughs> maybe just do that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure there's people doing that. Yeah. All right. You want to just launch into each coach? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. All right. Starting with khaki pants. Yeah. Does that sound good? Sure. Um, we talked a little bit about the controversy comment. Um, he was asked about it, and he basically just said, well, everything you've written, that's what I'm talking about. Anything, right. Everything you've been writing about him for his whole career. With You're talking with Urban. Yep. With Urban Meyer. Yep. Yeah. With yep. the, the Urban Meyer controversy comment. That's was a bombshell. You yeah. Yeah. The other thing, too, I don't know you have this down in your notes, but this was during a separate interview um, where yep. he was talking about uh, the transfer portal. Yes. This became quite the thing. And by quite the thing, what was this, 48 hours on Twitter that this was a thing? And then yeah. I felt like it was kind of. That's about how long. Ran, ran, yep. ran through its course. but Which is a long time in, in the Twitterverse. Right. When he was. Right. <laughs> When he okay. was asked asked about the 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 reasons for transfer, and this is his quote, and the other piece that bothers me about it is these the youngster that says this is a mental health issue, I'm suffering from depression, or that's a reason to get eligible. Once that that's known, that hey, let's say this or that to get eligible. The problem I see in that is you're going to have guys that are okay. Yeah, I'm depressed. Yeah. I, I, okay. I understand where he's coming from. Oh, I do too. Here, do 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 I think that depression is an actual thing that needs to be taken seriously? Of course I do. Do I think he's saying I I think what he's trying to say is you're downplaying actual depression because it's hard to just it's hard to prove if you're depressed or not. Right. So the the people that just want to leave, they are saying if they figure out something that is is a is a ploy, is a sure. It, it, you know, to you is it they're going to do it. And that's what he, that's right. all he's really saying here. I think Yeah, you're opening Pandora's box. However, he made a horrible choice of conditions when he used depression. Right. Because he had James Hudson who there transferred from his program. Correct. Wanted to be eligible at Cincinnati and I think was denied. Correct. And his, he was stating that depression was the reason for leaving. And then so James he should have just said, got on Twitter and got interviewed and she'd, yeah. she'd you know, um, but there really was no documentation of him being depressed. Yeah. Maybe from Jim Harbaugh's point of view, this kid was happy-go-lucky. And, and by the way, you, Maybe. you can be happy-go-lucky okay. on the outside and be depressed on the outside. Okay. Not saying that. I'm just saying, how is any coach, how is how is any manager supposed to know anybody on his sales team is depressed or not? The only thing you can go off of is... Do they show up for work? Do they, do, you know, do they seem like they're trying, whatever. If then all of a sudden they leave your company and somebody says, well, why did, you know, John, the sales guy leave? Well, he, he, and he said, well, I was depressed. I, I didn't like being there. How, how would anybody know? No. How, would, how would a coach know? How would a manager know? No, you wouldn't know. So how would Jim Harbaugh know? And I think that's what he's talking about here. I think he's saying all of a sudden something was brought up and that's, that's, there's, there's reason to go with that. And that's what, that's what guys are doing. Now, if you recall, one of the requirements for getting a waiver for immediate eligibility is the school you're transferring from has to kind of cooperate and say, yeah, this is kind of what happened. Maybe the kid does have depression. Maybe there's no documentation. And maybe Harbaugh said, no, I, he, there was no indication of that. So we're not going to play along with this transfer. We don't know what happened behind 
Close and doors. and I I don't I, I know we're in kind of going through our first coach here and I didn't mean to dragging out a little up, bit but but this is leading into one of what we had talked about previous was a somewhat major topic was of course they talked about the transfer portal sure. a lot Harbaugh actually stepped outside what I thought was the norm for most coaches every coach said this without a doubt all fourteen coaches said we want this to be transparent and easy yes. to follow. There are just rules put in place. A guy transfers this or that, whatever. I think a decent amount of coaches said that they they would be perfectly fine with a player having to sit out a year before they were eligible at the next place. I felt like there was a couple coaches okay. that said that. Harbaugh himself said that he is perfectly fine with somebody transferring away and being eligible that first right. that first transfer. But after that, transferring again and, and then again, you have to sit out. Then you have yeah. to sit out. Um, Which that, I'm, I'm against. I know there's a lot of talk about that first transfer. Go ahead and play, but yeah, because I think me and you have made it known, at least on this podcast, that we don't think you should be able to transfer willy nilly. We do think you should have to sit out a year. If Always you transfer. Okay. No waivers. Um, then somebody said to, to tack on that you wind up getting five years of eligibility. I I don't know. I could see pluses and minuses with that. I haven't thought about uh, it deeply. That was another thing. I don't know. One thing though that I felt like. I know that a ton of coaches brought this up, and I thought this was really interesting. I actually heard it uh, from media days in the SEC, Pac-12. I've heard about it uh, uh, a couple different coaches. They all say the same thing. These kids need to be coached. Sometimes yeah. with these kids, they need to be yelled at. Sure. And disciplined hard. All of us coaches feel handcuffed to be able to do this. Of course. Because we feel like if we're... If you're too mean, they're going to leave. And now it's so easy to leave. It was refreshing to me. I thought... I don't... Did you did you catch any of that from some of the I, I might have missed it. I mean, honestly... But, I, but, but I, I mean, I guarantee I heard that seven or eight times okay. from seven or eight different wow. coaches okay. saying that. It is good that they are saying out loud what I've always wondered about. Like, how are they... It's got to be tough to coach these kids. Yes. Yeah, really tough. Like you, like, and it's getting especially tough for the older crowd, right? I, the older, uh, you know, one of the, one of the funniest things the I older saw guard. when I, I saw it, I, I'm not going to name the player, or the coach, but this coach was just tired of this guy not being tough. Okay, and he finally just got up in the face and said, "Do you sit when you piss?" <laughs> and everybody chuckled. He didn't quit. There was, you know, right, sure. And it was the mid '90s, late '90s. I guess you could say things like that, but. He wasn't doing it to be a dick, I don't think. He was doing it because he was trying anything he could yeah. to motivate, who, sure. which was a very talented player, into doing stuff. I bet we have moved so far away from that now, where these coaches, what they can do to, to coach a kid hard and motivate them, it's, it's, it's got to be ch- tricky. Yeah, and going back to the – staying on the, the transfer portal theme here. Did you did anything stick out about what he said about Oliver Martin, the the wide receiver transfer? Yeah, I mean, Iowa people definitely took notice that he was going to be atop the depth chart. Right. That's crazy. So again, the transferring school has to kind of go play along and say, yes, we agree with these reasons. We're, we think he should be immediately. I think he was lobbying for him not to be eligible. Hmm. That's I'm, how you take it like that. That's how I took it. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Oh, one more thing, Tim Chapman. His question was awesome. Yeah, Chappie. And I thought it was a really good question. He said to Harbaugh, it, it, you're fine, you are the, the hunted now. Is it better to be the hunter or the hunted? And he just said, yeah, I like it. I would pick us to win the, the conference too. <laughs> Awkward. But it was an along. excellent question, It is I a thought. good question. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, this is his they first. They actually asked him pretty much the same question on the Big Ten Network crew. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's his first time in that position, right? Kind of. Yeah. 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 All right, moving on to James Franklin. Again, Bob Asmussen strikes again. Okay. What's wrong with the Big Ten not making the playoff? I really liked what he said about it, though. He basically said, um, well, we're playing nine conference games. He thinks there should be conference realignment. And he said, just all we can do right now is control the constants. And that's James Franklin's answer, you're saying? Yep. Yeah. Um, He even pushed it a little bit, saying, basically saying, I think it's pretty obvious that the East is the toughest division, right. one of the toughest divisions yes. in college football, and it makes it tough. So he didn't flat out say the East is 10 times better nope. than the West. He just said 
it's pretty obvious that it's tough to be to get out of the East Division. First of all, I'm a fan of a team in the West Division. So are you. I did not take offense to it. Why? No. Because he's speaking on facts. I, sure. I, I, I have to admit, you know, we, we definitely give West teams their due diligence. Yeah. But um, the East is is been the stronger. So I didn't I didn't take offense to it. Um, no. But just like, you know, words have action or, or uh, words have meaning. It took on a whole new thing where a bunch of people started talking about realignment, conference realignment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know I've got my teams written down how I would switch it up if we had to do it. Okay. I, I, did you go through that I, too or do yeah, the exercise? I mean, yeah, we could. You want to dive into it now? This is mine. Okay, okay. We'll just start with mine just because it's so simple. We, the only thing we're doing, we're switching two P's. Okay. What, what are the P's? Penn State and Purdue. Oh, okay. That's it. Stop right there. That's it. You know, that works. Yes. Doesn't it? Yes. So I didn't put a lot of thought into it, but I thought it'd be easy just to shift Michigan State over to the West. Okay. And I know that's kind of a popular one. And then I've heard Illinois shift them over to the East. I'm not sure who I would shift over to the East, but that would make it a little. So you got it. You got you got geographically. It's not so bad. You know, you it's got pretty even geographically. Pretty darn, it's not pretty a, darn close. Not you a big leap. The. The north and south, you know, or the east and west thing, and still not be crazy with yep. it. The other side of it too is, um, I don't mean to besmirch Michigan State, but if I had to make a a guess on the health of a program from now Long till term. 20, sure, I would take Penn State. Over I would too, Michigan absolutely. State. Okay, I so think Penn State probably makes more sense because of that. Okay, so you, you you move Penn State over to what is considered the weaker division in the yep. West. Purdue goes, oh, sorry, Purdue. That's a little bit tough for you. But, you know, there's there's other benefits. But they are there. They get to, geographically. Boom, closer. The furthest east. There's a little uh, bit of history between Penn State and Nebraska, you know? Yeah. there. So you got a little bit of yep. potential rivalry there. Um, the other thing. And I, I just I always reply to these conference realignment because that was, of course, college football Twitter. That that was one that took off for a while there. Mm-hmm. What, what would be your division yeah, to put out? Sure. Yeah. What everybody does, and this is a gigantic mistake, what everybody does is they start out and they put Michigan in one side and Ohio But that State. is the worst. That you, I don't think you can do that because you don't want to play in the last week of the season and play again in the championship game. Does anybody want that? I, I Why is it that? This isn't how does that not sink in? I don't at know. This point? It was disgusting. Like every college football fan should have been appalled when Oklahoma and Texas replayed that game yeah, last year. I know. That is to me, that is an embarrassment to Mich- to Big Twelve's brand. It is. That they had their two marquee teams. But so, well, so not only- and essentially the Red River every it didn't mean shit that year. Exactly. It, and it completely took that out. And the losing team in that situation, they, you basically get a pass. Yep. Oh, a mulligan. Just try oh. it again. Maybe yeah. you can win this time. And then they did, and Oklahoma won onto the college football yeah. playoff. They go. I, I would have been so irate if I was a Texas fan. That Absolutely. Time. So you got to keep Michigan and Ohio State. Without question. I totally on, agree with that. On the same side. I think you keep Michigan and Michigan State. It does make sense. Yeah. It's not as that. big of a deal. But I don't really want to watch Michigan and Michigan State. That is why yeah. Penn State makes a, a replay. You know, again, but that is why I don't want to see Michigan State or uh, 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 any of those teams replay. And then why it makes the most sense to have Penn State over in the West. Why? Because something that if you follow Big Ten Twitter, which obviously we do, uh, Ohio State fans talk down. To Penn State fans yeah. often and say, you know, you're, you're not our rival. Right. Michigan's our rival. Sure. And, and Michigan fans kind of do the same. Yeah. I think it's BS, by the way. Like, you can't tell me those aren't big games or, or sure. what I would consider a rival. So, you know what? Go ahead and take Penn State over. Put them in the West. And then if they do, Penn State wins the, the West. If they get a replay, even if sure. it is, even if it is a, a redo, let's say. Right. Penn State and Michigan played that year. Michigan won the game. They see them again. Well, it's not a rivalry anyway, so it's not such a big deal if they replay in the Big Ten Championship. Right, and they're sense. not going to play every year anyway, Correct. and it's not going to be back-to-back weeks. Correct. So, yeah, play, but that, play that crossover game. 
in the middle of October, yeah. so at least it's not right. back-to-back. But isn't that kind of a kick in the nuts to Penn State that they have to travel further for every divisional game? I don't know how else to do this. But that is the you know the what I say to that. But they you, get it. They get it back when teams have to travel to the happy. That's a good point. That's a good point. But what I say to that is, well, you've only been a member since '93. Sorry, <laughs> some of us your, have been here since 1895. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did you you what? is your you got your own realignment ideas? Yeah, they, my, mine was the Michigan State, but I you actually okay. convinced me. I like Penn State better. Okay. But I guess my question, this whole thing is, is what is your goal? Is it just national championships? Is that what we're after? Is that the most important thing here? Because if it is, then as important of realignment, in fact, probably more, would be going to eight conference games instead of nine. Correct. That's a bigger deal to me than the alignment of the East and West. Or is just equality what you're looking for? Because is it- because if you look at 2014, the last time um, the Big Ten won the, the national championship, mm-hmm. Ohio State blasted Wisconsin in the Big Ten yeah. Championship. Oh, yeah. It didn't like stop them from 56 getting in. 56 to nothing, 55 yeah. to nothing. It didn't stop them from getting in, number one. And number two, it didn't hurt them once they were in the, right. the, the, the playoffs. They they ran through everybody sure. that year. What conference realignment or misalignment didn't have anything to do with nope. that? No, nope, so, definitely not. Yeah. But then, like, travel costs, is that what you're after? Attendance? Like, I, I just want to know what everyone's end game is here. What is your goal? They just want, I don't know, it for, it just really bothers people that, that things it's uneven. That, but yet it didn't seem to bother people that much when, and it still like is, when the Wisconsin SEC West is just absolutely dominating right. the SEC East. I mean, there was times there where nobody was coming out of the East that even had a shot at touching Alabama right. before Georgia came up. Was it as big a deal to them? Were people talking about realigning the SEC? No, because then they talked about how, well, the SEC East – was actually the better division for sure. years and years. Yeah, like Florida. These things are cyclical. These things are cyclical. Well, it wasn't that long ago. Wisconsin kept winning the damn conference, right? Right. right. So true. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, when the when the it was, uh, it wasn't that long ago. The the, the name of the uh, divisions that well, we should never speak. Yeah, I guess of. there was different divisions back then. But wasn't still, it? I mean, it's Wisconsin obviously got through the same sure. teams to get there. But all righty, um, moving on to Chris Ash. He's a little. He still is not comfortable in that microphone, is he? I, it is just hard for me to listen to him talk. That's he's, not who he is. I just, I just know that. That's yeah, because you know him. I mean, I don't know him that great, but like, I, I knew him before he was a Rutgers coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just such coach speak. It is. But it's not, it's, it it's is like, coach it's, speak. Right. But it's like this, this anxious, I've had too much coffee kind of. Yes. He can't, it's not smooth. <laughs> no, it's not smooth. No. Um, I, I heard from a different source, like, I mean, there was more uh, media people around, you know, the second player traveling in from Purdue than there was Chris Ash. And I just, oh, it's got to be a tough gig. It is a tough gig, man. He cannot look forward to going out there and doing that. No. And, you know, so next is going to be Lovey Smith. These were the two shortest interviews. You know, they were they were each like 10 minutes and every other coach was more like 15. Not a huge disparity, but, you know, obviously people have a lot less interest in those two programs, which is a shame. But I felt like there's I mean, I feel like there's a little bit more things to talk about with Illinois. You can you can talk. You get there's some positive things you can pull out Um, with Rutgers. I mean, when he sat down on the Big Ten Network crew there, they their first question was basically like last year was a failure. So how they did how. What do you do to try to get success going? I mean, they just came right out with the fire. Wow. And I've been taking the temp of the, the Rutgers fan base, and they're expecting like four wins this year. Okay. You know, that's a pretty big leap. I mean, no, seriously, one to four, that's a huge leap. <laughs> it's, it is. It's a 400% leap. And like, basically, they're saying if it's only three, we got to move on. Yeah. Which that that's the ben- benchmark that yeah, yeah okay. he's got a, he's got a tough task ahead of him this year yeah all right moving on to Lovey one thing I can say about what he said is the Illinois fans appreciated him like first of all being just totally honest and just saying the defense was absolutely putrid last year and I remind my team of this every single day I tell them how bad they were last year and then also like kind of saying look we're getting better we expect to win this year and his quote was our stick is a lot bigger now. So I kind of liked hearing like that confidence. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let yeah. Pump up your team, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What did you think about it? I know this is stupid that this is where I'm going. I'm sorry. I'm, I pre-apologize, but 
I'm I'm tired of the beard, man. It's so distracting. Oh. I can only look at that freaking beard. I'm glad you brought it up. I don't know ass. why I didn't put that in my notes because yeah. I'm sick of it too. And you know That's why? All I can look at. Hold on. It's, it's so white. It wait, hold on. Right, white. It's not because of how it looks. I could give a damn if he has a beard or not. It's because people won't shut the f up that about too. it. Like, that's all they can talk about. Oh, Lovey's beard looked great. I know. How about And that's why I pre-apologize that I brought it up. It's it's just No, I'm done too, man. Okay. Like, right. this is, I, I can't remember my exact breaking point. with. Maybe it was the date. Maybe it was Thursday. Maybe that was my breaking point. And I'm like, I'm so sick of this stupid beard. Every tweet on Twitter is about his beard. How about yeah. the team? Yeah. Well, then he brought up uh, transfer tra- transparency, <laughs> of course, with Luke Ford. All right, moving on to Scott Frost. Here's something about Scott Frost. You know I'm not a big PJ Fleck fan. Yeah. But I think he could take some sales lessons from PJ Fleck. Okay. Like, I just want so much more from Scott Frost. He just sits there and kind of with with his like, you know, kind of muted voice. Yep. And it's kind it's, of hard it to is hear. Muted. Yeah. And and it it's like there's a there's a ton of vowels going on. I swear that mm-hmm. things just roll into words roll into the right. next word. So so I want a little more PJ in, in Scott. And that's just not who he is. I mean that's, I know, but that is the last thing that Kinda Nebraska like, fans want out of Frost. I can say that much. But, but the thing that, you know, I, I'm not going to name names, but followers believe that Scott Frost, you know, could have walked across Lake Michigan to get there if he if he chose he had he, to do that. He didn't do that. <laughs> I, I can't. Okay. Uh, side note: He might have almost had to because did you hear they had redirected right. their flight and he cracked the, the joke, which I appreciated him using a. a Planes, Trains, and Automobiles okay. reference because yeah, yeah. it's a Chicago-themed yep. nice. movie, John Hughes, all that. But, but he he's not a comedian either. No, he is not. I, it did not I, come off well, I didn't think. Um, I what, what I get from Nebraska fans is that he just he just controls the room. When he walks in, he that was. I mean, one that's of not the, what I get from him, but I that guess that was one of the things when you said, <clears throat> what are some of the things that you would have wanted to pull out of Big Ten Media Days? Had, one of the things I would have said was, did I get that feeling from Scott Frost, like right. how other people reacted to him, whatever, that when he walks in the room, all eyes turn to Scott Frost? It is not my feeling that that's accurate. Um, it, no, I, I He's wouldn't. not the new guy on the block anymore. It's not like he came in and went 11-1 and one last year. and every, like, I don't think that's the case. I, I believe it is Nebraska fans wanting to see and feel more from their coach than than is actually there. Well, but if you're a Nebraska fan and he's your national champion quarterback, then I of, of course, course he's going to come in the room. That, that, no, I I'm, I'm not Nebraska fans can feel however they want about him. Right. I get that. I don't think everybody in the country and Big 10 media feel that way about him. And I don't fact, think so. It was actually kind of interesting and we'll probably talk about more on the team breakdowns, but the Big 10 crew were Pumping the brakes on Nebraska. Oh, I know. So, Jerry Leonardo was, yeah, yeah, big time. And, yeah, and your boy was, too. So, oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, T-Rex. But, uh, did you see he called out the previous strength and conditioning coach, basically? Well, I, I mean. And Nebraska fans must have loved that. They do. They do. He, it's the truth. It was that bad before. I mean, it's, okay. it was that bad before. Are we sure it wasn't just a different type of training, different style of training? I, I believe it was that bad. Okay. It was dang near lift if you want type of Strength conditioning. I don't believe you. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to our, our our good buddy PJ Fleck, who has obviously taken many sales courses and many like public speaking courses because I've also courses. taken those courses, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. And I see what you're doing. Yeah. But he's good at it. I mean, don't you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And did you notice this? He's everyone's friend. Like it oh hey, hey, thanks, Bill. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey. Thanks for that question, George. Yeah. Which is straight from how to win friends and influence people. people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But short intro. We mentioned that already. Somewhat muted. He's still on that. uh, He's clinging to that youngest team in America thing. Yeah. Yeah. The numbers don't add up, but there's there's youth. There's there's youth. They're they're still young this year. So I I do understand where he's coming from. But but I, I, I wonder if he has a wherewithal that even people within even fans within his own fan base are getting tired of hearing about how young they are. Uh, obviously he doesn't get it or he just doesn't care. Like he wants to be known. Yeah. But it's not like the guys on the field that are the, you know, main contributors are all freshmen and sophomores. There's plenty of juniors and seniors out there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start. We'll dig into the teams, but yeah. Yeah. But what I did like him saying is that getting the ax back and this is bear with me here is healthy for the rivalry and is good for both sides. I liked when he said that because that's accurate. 
it's accurate. Like, of course, Wisconsin wishes they won the game. But imagine how much more important that game is going to be oh, this I, year. I, I would be willing to bet, and I'll when I talk to my Wisconsin insider, I'll ask, the number one game that any oh, no question. i got to think is get the axe back. Yes, yeah, so I, so, I really thought that was cool. When me and you went to the practice, what what did they have right there? Ready, ready I held to it. take pictures with everybody. I got a picture yep, with they the, had axe. the axe. right there. Anybody that walked into that practice and was sitting there, they were begging you to take a picture with that axe. Absolutely, and that was so cool. And I think, I believe at Wisconsin, like you had to be a senior or something like that to to carry the axe or something yep. like that. And yep. at Minnesota's like, no way, we want to share Everybody this damn it. axe, which I think is great. And by the way, it it felt exactly how I felt it thought it would feel. It was this big and he- it was per. I mean, it was it was exactly what well, I was but it's expecting. got a, it's got a a wooden axe head it's, it's not metal that's I mean, what i didn't expect yeah i mean it was all wood right they i mean it could literally kill somebody if somebody got too excited with it i so. guess that's true <laughs> but then one thing he pointed out which i thought was interesting that they won their last game of the season and their bowl game for the first time in program history that's crazy which he said you, you know i know it's kind of a minor thing but it's a first no that's a big deal and i think that is a big deal yeah uh right moving on to ryan day he talked about recruiting so much. I mean, it's clear. Hey, talk about your best asset, man, right? Well, I mean, it's clear that they, not only from Ryan, but like listening to the Zach Smith yeah. podcast, that there is just a different attitude towards recruiting at Ohio State versus everywhere else. And I think it's a lot of it just has to do with resources. But, man, he just makes sure that that is always the number one thing. I, I was impressed by that. It was he was recruiting while he was up there. Sure. Basically. Did did, I, did you agree? Y- yes, and I have a, a take on that, which is um, it's all about national championships, and the coaches know. It's, you know, we, we've done the whole X's and O's and Jimmy's and Joe's things. Um, once you get past the, the top-level talent, I do not think there is a gigantic difference between a mid-four-star yeah. – and an upper three star most of the time. No, I, think I, lot, I totally agree with you there. But there is a big difference between an upper five star and an upper yeah. four star. Yep. And if they get a ton of those type of players, that's where the national championships are at. Speaking of, they got another four star yesterday. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Defensive back, which is goes back to our recruiting. They they are trying to fill in with defense. Correct. Guess, right yeah, now. you would think so. And the lettuce man, that hair. His hair is great. Oof. Um, he just. So good. But I. My take is he is not a guy that takes the room over. There's no doubt no. that Urban was. I mean, yeah. I feel like I feel like Ryan Day could it's just more of an everyday guy. Yes, he could saddle right up next to you the bar and and shit type. Of See, guy. so there's the guy I'd want to have the beer with. He just he's hanging out at the bar at the Chicago Hilton. Yeah. Hey, coach. Yeah. How's it going? What are Let's you drinking? Talk football. That? Tell me what I how little I actually know yeah. about the sport because that's what I hear about him is that he's an ex is no really? genius. It, yeah. And get that Bud Light out of your hand, and I'll tell you how little you know about beer. <laughs> Let's start drinking some real beer. All right, Mr. Snake Oil. Ooh. Moving on to Mr. Snake Oil. Um, here's what I thought was interesting. He says you got to recruit the portal. You didn't hear coaches saying that, really. Yeah. I think that's part of recruiting now. Not, and not like every team's going to be Illinois every year and grab eight transfers, but I think you need to leave like two or three open spots every year for transfers. Transfer, yeah. No matter who you are. Yeah. Or and, and you're saying to get people in from, or just that you're assuming to get to, people in from the transfer? Yeah, yeah, to recruit people from that yeah. portal. And I think he was also talking about too, just you're going to lose people to the transfer portal. So this has become a part of true. The, yeah. And by by the way, his intro was like 15 words. Yeah, yeah. He's he's done with this stupid thing at this point in his career. And I mean, the crazy thing is he's still been there six less than Ferentz, I think, yeah. or whatever it is. But my God, he's got to be tired of it. And re- he talked about realignment. Change is inevitable, is what he said. Uh, had really kind words for Urban Meyer and Ryan Day. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, succinct answers. Man after my own heart. Just, yeah. Boom. Couple, couple, you know, one sentence. Boom. Next question. What did you think about him? Yeah, same thing. I mean, it's. I hate to do it because it's probably what everybody does to him, but I've seen it so many times out of D'Antonio. I, that's what you expect, and there's not much to say. And then as he's leaving the podium, of course, he says, go green. And one of his uh, that's weird. His, uh, media members says, says, go white. That's weird. That, I, that ain't That's not happening with a lot of other medias. No. And I don't know who it was. I mean, it, 
I'm right. hoping it wasn't like the East Lansing whatever oh, no, journal I think courier. it's known that that's who it is. No kidding. Yes. That's not Crazy. acceptable. I think that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Locks. Yeah. The thing I took from him is I really believe him. That's where he wants to be forever. I, he it's He's home, right? And if, I mean, if you're a Maryland fan, you just hope he, you know, just get through those first three years, man. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is the best thing that can happen to them. If he's successful, he'll never leave. I would think Maryland uh, fans would just sign up for, can we uh, keep you here? Yep. And can you keep our quarterbacks healthy? <laughs> we, just well, want, okay. we just want to see what it would be like to have a coach here for a long time and our quarterbacks not, you know. I would just think about the potential at Maryland. And he was talking about the glory days when he was a kid in the 70s where they were at an absolute powerhouse and I think undefeated season, like 78 or something like that. There is so much talent right there. This is a team. This is a true sleeping giant. It, it, I, I, if there is a, 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 just a mini step down from sleeping giant, a, a sleeping really big person. Hmm. I, I don't know. Giant, like a, Cause I think of giant, I'm thinking of, okay. So I'm thinking of Ohio state, Michigan and you know, the Alabama, not that. So not a mythical giant, but like someone who has acromegalia. And it's like eight feet tall. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Can we get sleeping acromegalia the trend? But I don't know. I mean, they've <laughs> they've got more talent there than. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Um, but right in the the DMV, there's more talent there than no, for sure. anywhere in the Big Ten footprint, pretty much. And even going that that much further south. Well, well Pennsylvania, that, right? I mean, yeah. it's all right there. For sure. There's no reason that no, they can't I, be successful. I don't know if this is a good comparison, but maybe Oregon-like where... Okay. Yeah, where you're not, you don't really have that potential for a national championship yet. Necessarily. I mean, I, I know maybe, Oregon's right. gotten close, right. but, but you're kind of in that next level. And if they're going to get there, obviously you start pointing at what team in the Big Ten is going to take that step back down right. to Maryland's level because there's only so many wins that can go around. Yeah, so it would have to be, you know, you expect someone in the East. It's got to be, you know, right. they take Michigan State's place, for instance, something, something like, like that. that. Yep. Uh, let's see, what else about uh, – he talked about maturity. I thought that was interesting, you know, from his days at, at uh, New Mexico State. Learned a lot from Saban. A quote I kind of liked, success leaves clues and don't waste a failure. Oh. That was cool. Yeah. And he also talked about he had how he had great player retention, which is so important yeah. when you're when you're taking over a program. Keep as many of those players there as possible. Yeah. Yeah. He seems like a guy that players like. Recruits yeah, I think play. he's I think he's a you know, quote, players coach. So yeah. I think we'll see. with today's, you know, climate, I think that could be do- could work, good. you yep. know. All right, Tom Allen. The fiery, energetic Tom Allen. <laughs> Two quarterback system. Hell no. Yeah. That's no. the thing that stood out for me. Yeah. He's put he stopped that right there. Okay. They've got this awesome quarterback room, right? They got three great quarterbacks. Only one can play. Two are probably gonna leave. And he's who's it gonna it. be? Yeah. Yeah. I I my feel from Tom Allen is that at at the same time, I I'm liking him more and more. Me too. I I, I love him. I still believe he's like a character. He it's, is. It is hard for, I I can't I can't I don't. I don't know what I'm thinking or feeling each time he's talking. He's I'm always confused. got that devious look in his eye, like you're not sure if he's insane or just. It's had... like it's like his teeth are a perfect square yeah. all the time. I, I I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see what else did he say. I I like this one. He said I've grown in my game day decision making, which I I think it's refreshing to hear a coach basically say, Yeah, I've screwed up and yeah. I'm getting better. Right. You know, I go I go back to the Zucker. I days. wasn't born. Being really good at this, right? I, I, I've had to learn through, just like everybody has to do now. I hate to bore everyone with an Illinois story, but yeah. Ron Zook, they he would make a horrible decision in game. They would ask him about it after the game, and he'd say, "No, I would do the same thing again." And I'm like, "You idiot! You're not learning. It's one thing to be bad, just learn." So I thought that was cool. Cool. All right, moving on. Paul Christ, I got nothing. Anything? <laughs> the only thing I would say is they asked him. I I, I think this was like dry humor. But they asked him about his quarterback. He's like, we've got four of them. <laughs> God. And that's a good impression of him. Right? Like, he doesn't open his mouth. He just kind of talks like this. Yeah, we got four quarterbacks. Yeah. But he talked a little about 
Graham Mertz. Yeah. And, and you know, how he he's going to be more prepared because he, you know, came to school early, a yeah. semester early. So, I don't know. That's <laughs> that, No, there's not much. There's not that's much. All he's I've got. Got. And he wants it like that, I think. All right. Kirk Ferentz. I'm going to toss it over to you. What did you think about Kirk? Yeah, good. Um, I I I still feel like, like he maybe showed six percent more of his okay. personality that I know is there. Like I I think there's a little bit of a sense of he knows he's getting towards the end. What's that? What's the hurt of throwing a little bit more things out there? Um, but overall, he's just not going to be the opinionated coach ever. He's going to leave the the tough talk for behind the scenes. Um, Talked about transfer clarity. Yep. Tra- I mean, it, just like anything else, I mean, I, I think the thing he harps on the most is he really does believe all of the stuff that you put the kids through with recruiting. Like, it should be simplified, get done with it sooner so that Couldn't we can agree more. coach the players that are actually at the university. Yeah. It's ridiculous how much time has to be spent to recruiting. I think a lot of people would turn around and say, well, that's just because you don't want to recruit. I, I He probably does not. Want to Nobody recruit. wants to recruit. Right. I I've mean, got news for you. The, oh, this guy all, loves recruiting. No, he doesn't. He just. Works I think there is. I think there is three percent of the population that actually like it. That that would be my guess. Maybe five percent. Okay. That, that are actually born with that. You know, like that's like, that, like there are salespeople that really like to do their cold expense calls. Report. Yeah. Oh, cold okay. Calls, okay. Cold calls is better. Cold calls is better. I love those. Uh, but most people don't, and I. So I think that's. I, and I think you see that reflected by the way how they have most of their their class put together because he just doesn't want it. He's getting more, you know, assertive by saying mm-hmm. the the ways that we're kind of going about some of this stuff is is stupid. And when you've been around that long in a head coach, you, you have the right to say that stuff. Absolutely. I, yeah. I thought the Nebraska history was interesting. His first game at Iowa in 81, they played Nebraska. Yep. And they won. They lost the next year. And then his first game as a head coach, they yeah. got their ass kicked by Nebraska. Yeah. That was cool. Told a story on the podcast on on that one. Oh, he did. That, no, I did. Oh, that you was, did. That oh, was right. My brother. The kid was, got got yeah. freight trained. Yeah. Um, by Scott Frost, wasn't it? No, it was. Uh, oh, Eric Crouch. Crouch. Yeah, yep. that's right. Okay, moving on to Fitzy. Boy, he really loved on Jim Delaney there for a while, didn't he? Yeah. Showered the love. Yep. Talked about his wife too. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. Yep. And then fanboy Teddy got up to ask a question. Did you did you did you notice anything unusual there? No. And I, of course I'm talking about Teddy Greenstein, Teddy Chicago Tribune, Greenstein, yeah. Northwestern grad, huge yep. fanboy. Sure. His favorite team. And, yep. and he covers them. Yep. Yep. He's on the Northwestern beat. He's like, Oh, morning Fitz. And then <laughs> and Fitzgerald's like, Hey Teddy, how's it going? Illinois fan talking, but that's that's hilarious. And of course, then Teddy immediately starts gushing about the mistake by the lake, their their new training facility. So, so he's Teddy's so are basically you, you're going re- with that the mistake on the lake. The mistake First of all, by the that's, lake. That's cheap. That's cheating. Cleveland. That's they have rightful ownership to not to anymore. That. No, no. Okay. So, it, so but but it was Teddy talking about the mistake by the lake. So he's basically recruiting for Northwestern. But he's not he's, talking about the mistake on the lake. He's talking about the Fitzcarlton. That's what he was talking about. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, th- I thought that was interesting. Didn't know if you noticed yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and then do you have any notes about when he held up the phone and he talked about how the night before he was out to dinner with his wife okay. and he looked over and there was some, a couple, a table of young, younger people. Sure. They weren't talking to each other. They were on their phones. And then he, he wrapped that around. I think the question may even started with, you know, player or people not going to games. It's, ta- it's as, talking about attendance. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I was on his side with that i i a little bit lord knows lord knows lord knows i'm attached to my phone but i can assure you if i'm sitting down watching a football game with you or buddies or if i'm out to dinner i mean i I, i'm not i'm not on my phone that much no i mean i want to sit and talk to people when i'm out to dinner like that but i guess he's using the phone as a microcosm for technology and technology in general well Okay, but to me, it's like, why do I not go to games? Because there the go. home experience is so damn good. That's, That's why I don't go That's to games. It is. I mean, it is a, I don't know, the best way I can d- describe it is, is, um, you know, I don't know, telephone jacks in your house. They're, they're not around anymore because things have right. changed. Things, things we, always we change. We have cell phones now. That, to me, is what somewhere around 52-inch HD 
That's what right. it was for me. My, that was my first TV. That's like 14 years ago. Okay. It was a 52-inch okay. Mitsubishi DLP. Remember oh, that? Oh, wow. It's the mirrors. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do that, remember that. That yeah. picture was phenomenal, Really? by the okay. way. Size of a tank. I sure. literally had to chop it up into pieces to get it back out of my, uh, <laughs> oh, my basement when I had to move it. Um, um, but that's that's where it's at, and that's where you see a ton of people responding, and that, that, that spawned a conversation on Twitter. I do love going to games. I really, well, I really so, yeah. do love I'm not, being there. I'm not saying I, I don't, don't like to everybody go. Everybody always talks about the money, and I don't mean to sound that's like part money of it. is no object for me, but like I don't but that's sit not the and big look reason. at No, I don't sit and look at the parking pass and the uh, season tickets. I mean, I split it with my brothers for, but like, sure, it that doesn't that doesn't kill me. With no, it. but it is it is getting there. Yes, dealing with the always the one a hole. That's behind or in front of you, whether yep. it's the opposing team or just the same Iowa a hole that's right in front of me in the crowd, and everybody has one. That that that's the the tough part to me. And Absolutely. yes, I drink beer or whatever I'm drinking all morning, you know, before the the game. Right. And then the second I sit down, I'm like, I gotta piss. Yep. I gotta deal with. I gotta deal with. And then the you gotta deal Indiana. with the crappy old, you know, toilets and and Kinnick because yeah. it was built in 1924 well, they, or whatever. They now, but um, okay. But the fact is, there's still a line. Sure. That's that is what I'm always going to do it three, hopefully four times a year. But yeah, to the point where I'm doing seven times a year, especially because you got to add in a four hour trip for you know me to get down well, there sure. and even further for you to get to Champagne. Exactly. But, but that's what there's nothing to there's nothing we can do about that. I feel like no, you're that, not changing that, that. That movement had started even before smartphones, even before millennials yeah. became millennials. Sure. Right? Yeah, like I think we, so. We were already. This was already happening. Right. Yeah. But now I think it's probably just hitting teams a little harder with the the but the, declining but attendance. Go, but then you go look at the the Big Ten landscape. Nebraska's not doesn't have any issues. No. Ohio State doesn't. No. Michigan doesn't. True. Iowa doesn't. Wisconsin doesn't. I don't think Michigan State does. Penn State sure as heck doesn't. What are we talking about here? We're talking about m- lower end programs sure. that have <laughs> they have had issues. Filling up their stands since yeah, I mean you're always going to have issues when you're not winning, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Moving on to Demigod version 2.0. That is uh, Jeff Brown. Yep. He talked about only having eight seniors. Yeesh. Yeah. Boy. Yep. Yikes. Talked about his his embracing the 14 uh, power five teams that they're playing. Yeah. You know. So I was confused. He said. You know, we've always played 11 Power 5 teams. What does he mean by always I don't there? know what that means. I didn't get that either. Maybe he's just talking about while well, he's been there. Or just like they've done it a lot. So I think a part of what he's talking about is, you know, typically Purdue is playing Notre Dame. So right. And I was wondering, it. like yeah. back then, were they still playing like but only one then, cupcake? Even then, I mean, not that long ago, we weren't even playing 12 games. It right, was, exactly. Was, and they weren't playing 11 BCS level power five, yeah. however you want to say teams the whole time. I don't know. I'd like him to expound on that. I think he just means a little bit more often as compared to, and that's probably true. And I, I think that's true. I'd never thought I'd never, you know, realized that. And I, I would guess. say from his stance, he has no choice except to say we embrace playing these, this tough schedule. Sure. Cause what, what, what else is he going to say? Like yeah. this sucks. I yeah, wish we, I could take two of them off. Now, if you're a Purdue writer, would you ask a question? You're, you're you're at Big Ten Media Days. I'm going to stand up and ask Jeff Brown a question about Rondale Moore. I mean, you have that chance to ask him that every day time. of the year. Yeah. You don't want to ask something a little more. And this was one where one thing I noticed about Media Days is rarely does a writer from your own team ask you a question. It's always the other teams. Yeah. Not with Purdue. It was it was all. Fanboys out there, a little bit. Yeah, little bit. I mean, there's I thought that I noticed that. Yeah, it stuck um, out to me. I, I just feel like most coaches, they don't even want to sit there and talk about one player the whole time. They want to talk about the team, of course. I, I just, I just would say, by and large, keep it to a minimum that you're talking specifically about one player. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like right. as a Purdue writer. I don't know. Ask something else. That's what, but that's what something. excites him the most. That he's on the preseason All American. That that's that's what's interesting. I wonder how many questions he had to answer the, through the two days about 
Brondale Moore. Right. Oh, here we go again. Yeah. Yeah. Brondale he's Moore. he's really good. Yep. Yes. Yeah. We got. Yeah. We got other players too. We, we actually feel really good about Brondale Moore. It's the other, you know, correct twenty-one guys. We're a little we're more concerned about. <laughs> yeah. And that's it, man. Okay. That but wraps uh, it up. Yeah. Other. Uh, 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 I thought, like, as far as just media days, the SEC's media day is literally like it's like a five day deal. right yeah it's ridiculous i think the big 10 does it about right I two think days would, is enough yeah two days is about perfect did you know did you know the the practical literally is one day i did not know that <laughs> they do one day wow and 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 they and it's and i just find it funny that as you're watching college football saturday you know the big 10 the acc they all kind of the, the big 12 they all get games starting at 11. Then it goes into the afternoon games, you yep. know, mix in SEC, another ACC, Big Ten game. And then, oh, yeah, at the end of the day, which yeah. I love. I do, too. You got you got the you got the Pac-12 after dark. But, but it's, it's almost like an afterthought. It is. Like, it's, it's an afterthought. Like, oh, that's right. Oh, that's yeah. right. Arizona, Arizona State is tonight at 11 o'clock. And because and I of love that. It. Isn't that exactly how their media days are? Yes, I right. I thought all the media days were done. I'm like, oh, well, hey, the Pac-12 oh, still has Oh, yeah, there. it's like a little yeah. gift, yeah. yeah. But anyways, okay, that's it. That's yeah. the that's the Big Ten media. So, um, as we've alluded to in the past, we're going to we're we're committed to once a week now. And in fact, we've got uh, we're going to be pretty quickly moving into August here, which yep. means With we're going to be moving into previews, which we'll do two a week uh, that we'll get out. So we are getting darn close here. Yeah, excited. Okay. All right, uh, I think that wraps it up. I am Jeffrey the Greek. And I am Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.